Oh, jam! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Monday Night Magic here on twitch.tv slash themanapool. I'm Chewy, and I have a headache. Hi, Chewy. Hi. Uh, not this way. On that side of the screen over there is Squee. Hi, I'm here to give Chewy a headache. That's true. And nowhere on the screen or in the call is Clues. So, yeah. Clues regrets that he can't be here this uh, this evening, but he can't. I like to think that he's building up the hype for when he eventually gets here and he gets to just talk about all the goblins at once. It just seems likely to me. I can, yeah, we'll we'll go with that. So, there is uh, a little bit of news. Not much, yeah. but enough to bother doing a show. So, let's begin. First up, Mythic Championship 3 was this weekend. The search for Spock. Did you know that? Because, apparently, lots of people didn't. I mean, I knew that we were previewing Gorsat stuff all week. So plenty of attention to that. Yeah. Did did you did you know there was a Mythic Championship this weekend? Uh, to my knowledge, maybe sixty eight people know. Maybe, I did not. See, and we talk about Magic News every week. True. I feel like two weeks ago I knew it was this weekend, but last week I forgot. Because yeah. like I will look ahead to see what's coming up, but I just completely forgot this one. Which is unfortunate, because there have only been three, and I've already forgot one. Well, and there's never been one like this. This is a whole new animal, so... Yeah. You think they would have wanted to hype it up really hard, but... One would think. I, I was telling Squee uh, before uh, the show that I saw... During the Mythic Championship, I saw the Magic Arena Twitter account linking people to rando com content creator streams... While the Mythic Championship was on. Hmm. It's like the PR machine doesn't know how to PR. Or they, they didn't bother to, like, coordinate their efforts across all of the official accounts to all point to the same thing. Yeah. Which is not only a missed opportunity, it's really bad and stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like they were probably splitting focus over two things and two things should be manageable but here we are yeah but anyway so uh this was the arena mythic championship the first of its kind and it consisted of the 32 mpl members and then 36 other people that came from various places mm-hmm uh, so yeah, as you can see here, uh, Matthias Leverato won, which you might be like, yay, but no, this is actually crazy. Look at this. This was the top four. Hey, let me find it. The top four consisted of Matthias, Brad Nelson, Kai freaking Buddha, and Shahar Shenhar. Those are names. Those are names you've heard before. Uh, yeah. Like, what? 
So as a as a recap, we've got Kai who has the most Pro Tour top eights of or Pro Tour victories of anybody by like yeah. a wide margin. Uh, Shahar Shinhar was the back to back, no back to back world championship. There we go. Uh, twice, well, obviously back to back means twice. Aha, multiple uh, backs. Brad Nelson has been on a an absolutely sick tear in the MPL. Apparently, uh, he's like I, undefeated. I think Brad Nelson's deal is that he just likes sitting at the top table. And does whatever he can to do it. So if you ever need to find him at an event, go to the top table. He's probably there. Yeah. And then you've got this guy, whose handle is apparently Lavunga, who got here through uh, queuing via Magic Arena and winning the tournament, if I remember correctly. And yeah, the finals were uh, Leverato and Brad Nelson. And uh, apparently they had to play... Twice? Which, look... Like, what... You're seeing this top four bracket, right? I am. What is What does this mean? We've got the grand finals that Brad Nelson won 2-0, but then... There's another one, and Leverado won 2-1. Like, why is that called the grand finals if there was another match? I'm so confused. <laughs> Um, I don't know because I certainly didn't watch it and I am confused. It's weird also to me that I didn't actually read that before. The grand finals were double elimination? What? (laughs) I mean, if they were double elimination, then one of them winning the first one, one of them winning the second one should not be enough. Right? So we've got the upper bracket, and the loser of each of the first two matches went down to the lower bracket. And then the loser of the upper bracket finals played the winner of that down into the lower bracket finals. So those were the the two finals. And then the grand finals was this. Yeah, this makes more sense now. It does? Yeah, it's because... um, Looking at the the breakdown of like winning and losing for the earlier rounds, um, Brad Nelson lost in the upper finals once, and so then right after that, um, Matthias lost his first game in the grand finals. So the extra one down at the bottom was the first time that one of them won two. Oh, okay, now I see. Or rather, one of them lost two because they both did well before that. But yeah, this makes more sense. It's just the way that they have it on this chart is confusing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it was double elimination for the entire so, bracket, not just the final round. So it's this uh, this graphic that's dumb. Got it. Yeah. Okay, then. So, I think yeah. it doesn't help that they're using red to represent victory when usually red represents defeat. So that's a little confusing too. Sure. But yeah, so Matias Leverato won the whole damn thing. Which is uh, awesome because, like, just look at the names he had to get through. He beat Shahar Shinhar, he beat Brad Nelson, he lost to Brad Nelson, he beat Brad Nelson. 
And that's I mean, just on Sunday. Yeah, keep in mind, like, as it is the Mythic Championship, getting to the end also means you beat a lot of big names. You don't really get freebies there. Yeah, let's see here. He beat Lee Shi Chen. He beat Ken Yukaharo. And then he lost to Brad Nelson. But he still made it to the top four. Good lord. And he still made it to the top four because he beat Lee Shi Chen again. I bet this makes a lot more sense if you watch it live. <laughs> I, mean, I think I can follow it now that I know what's going on, but it is a bit a bit messy. Like once you just acknowledge that once you get to the top four, it's like, okay, don't lose twice. It makes sense, but trying to chart that out when it could have a varying number of rounds based on how cleanly people go in the beginning does make it kind of messy. A little bit. I'm I'm just reading it like you all have two HP and when you lose you lose an HP. And then it makes sense to me. That does make more sense, yeah. All right, then. But yeah, a big uh, congrats to Matias. Uh, since there are only 68 players, we have a very uh, concise metagame breakdown where 25% of the field brought uh, an Esper Control deck. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine players were on... Uh, is it Phoenix and nine on the Esper Hero deck? Uh, eight were on the Bant Ramp deck, six on White Aggro, and only five on Mono Red Aggro. Yeah. And that was the field. How do you feel about the fact that they identify MPL members versus challengers in this? Uh, makes sense. It's just entertaining to me that, like, the MPL was like way more down for Esper. Oh yeah. Whereas the like, challenge we say twenty five percent of the field, but really like more than half of that twenty five percent was the MPL. So definitely skewed in that direction. Yeah. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There are only ten of the thirty two MPL players not playing an Esper deck. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, there's a whole mess here about the uh, metagame breakdown because Frank Karsten wrote it, so of course there is. It's true. But, yeah, nothing else really to say about that. Is there? Not really. I mean, it's, you know, we can't really harp too long about hey check out this meta because one it's built for beating exactly these other players and two standard theoretically will change in two weeks when another set comes out so kind of neat to look at right now but yeah don't get too attached to these deck lists yeah as as bill said before the show this is everyone bringing either what they thought was the best or what they thought would beat what everyone else thought is the best. Yeah. And granted, that's always what metagaming is. Like, that's why it's a skill. But in this case, it's a bit more concise because there's only 68 people and you know they're all good. So. Uh, 
Wait a minute, this isn't the field, because the guy that won was playing Simic Nexus. Was he the only one playing that? Um... I'm so confused. I could have sworn this would be everything. Ah, 14 players with more offbeat decks. If you scroll down, you'll find it. So we had three players playing Gruul Midrange, two MPL, and one Challenger. Uh, three players on Civic Nexus, including the guy who won, who I'm going to say is this one right here in the middle. Uh, two on Sultai Dreadhorde, two on Grixis Bolas, uh, and one each on Bant Midrange, Selesnia Tokens, Jund Warriors, and Simic Ramp. All four of those were challengers, it should be pointed out. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. My brain just suddenly clicked. I was like, I hang on, we're missing information. in the first batch. Say what? I kind of wish this wasn't so far away from the other list. Yeah, like it could be a separate de- gra- uh, graphic, but put it like right below it or something. Or at least have an other in the top one, yeah. and then explain what that other is down here, because it is kind of misleading to look at it the way it was before. So yeah, there are 14 players that weren't listed up here, apparently. Yeah. But okay, there you go. All right, then. All right, then. So, moving on. Let's hope that for future Arena Mythic Championships, they, you know, promote it more. I mean... Maybe? We'll see. (laughs) We know they're doing more, so we'll find out. That is true. We do know. They've told us. It's true. We have that rare future knowledge about what Watsy's going to (laughs) do. Oh, also, this made me happy. Uh, listeners of the Mana Pool will know that the, this unlucky Planeswalker that we uh, that are on these curses from this was a Commander set, right? I think so. Yeah, Commander 2017. We named him Travis the Cursed, and uh, there seems to be an uncanny resemblance between <laughs> Matthias yeah. and Travis. I mean, I appreciate the fact that it's curse, 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 blessing, victory. Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) You have been cleansed of your curses, and then he won. Yeah. Who tweeted this? This is Robert Taylor. This was was brilliant. I appreciate it. You know what? I'm going to like it right now. All right. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, the only other news. victory right there. The, the only other news that we can find this week is corset stuff. Like, there's just nothing going on other than a mid championship that right now. no one talked about and a uh, a new set. So, hey, we've got the uh, Planeswalker deck Planeswalkers that we're not going to go into, but they've been revealed along with the full deck lists of uh, the Planeswalker decks. Yeah. The, let's see, we've got a Johnny... Uh, Muyan Ling, Soren, Chandra, and Vivian are the Planeswalker deck Planeswalkers. And then there's the Spell Slinger Starter Kit. Which, this is the, um... No, actually, I have no idea what the Spell Slinger Starter Kit is. Do you? There's so um... many things and so many different names for things. 
Oh, it's the two-player learn-to-play thing. That's what it is, yeah. Where the decks are uh, already in order, and there's a little guide that comes with it. That makes sense. Uh, to Which would be why it's like red versus white. Yeah, and, and there's a little guide that comes with it that walks the two, player, the two new players through this game. Makes so sense. So you crack it open, and you here's your deck, here's my deck, and then we it explains things as you go, like a, a tutorial uh, in a video game. Yeah. It's just here's your walkthrough. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually really fascinating. Nice. Yeah. So there you go. If you want to check those out, link is in the show notes. Uh, as always, if you're listening in audio and otherwise, you you can see it on the screen. You can pause as I hear. I'll even pause for a quick second. Oh, wait, wait. There's the black. Oh, wait. There's the black. Okay. There's the red. And there's the green. There you go. Anybody wants to pause those, go mm-hmm. for it. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can inch forward using the keys on your keyboard, or you can just hit play. What he said. All right. Uh, also, with uh, Corset 2020, we've got tokens. Tokens! And these tokens are uh, new and different. Yeah, they are. These actually... These actually don't look like wizards tokens. They look like random homemade tokens. Yeah, they look like someone found the middle ground between the cool third-party tokens you can just buy at a table at an event and a little bit reminding me of the tokens from back in Future Sight where they're like, "Oh, this doesn't actually have any text on it. Let's just give you cool art." And those those weren't tokens, those were cards. Oh, you're right. Those were actually cards. They felt like tokens, but you're right. You're entirely exactly, right. They were yeah. just, that's what vanilla dudes look like in that set, which is awesome. But, you know, these are cool. I like them. Yeah, yeah. They've done away with the uh, the outer bits of the frame, and it's just full art, but there's still the uh, the text box when necessary. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I like the way a Johnny's Pride Mate is not only a card, now it's a token. Yeah. I also like how a Johnny's Pride Mate looks like... This is what happens when Lionel had one too many and wakes up in the wrong place and doesn't know where he's supposed to be or where his pants are, but <laughs> hey, there's a soldier. I'm going to go ask her how to get home. Let's find the Mega Condenser. <laughs> Samoflange. Samoflange. <laughs> anyway, uh, I like uh, the extra fancy demon. Yeah. Uh, the wolf is gorgeous. The golem is badass. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, and the bird. The elemental is really cool. looks like it came from somewhere else. Like the bright coloring on the elemental bird and the actual fire elemental makes me feel like I'm looking at stuff from a different game. Possibly. Like, not bad. It just feels like an asset from something else. And the treasure looks like you steal it from the Cave of Wonders. Or it looks like right back here, Smaug is going to come around the corner and set your ass on fire. Uh, he does that. Maybe that's what the elemental is. It, it wasn't actually supposed to be a fire elemental, but... Oh, it's it was someone going after the treasure. Could be. I see. Damn it, Smaug. Oh, hey. I just noticed in the, um, in the zombie. In the zombie? If you look at the sky behind the zombie, you got some ember cool tentacles. 
Well, yeah, this is the token from uh, one yeah. of the zombie tokens from Innistra. It's just a little more clear in this scale. Like, I think it's more clear to me than it was before. What the hell was that set? Shadows of Innistrad? No, the second one. Oh. With, um, uh, with Emrakul. Yeah. See, now I'm blanking on it. Yeah, me too. My, it's completely fallen off. Uh, Chat? You guys whispers, got it? something. Wait, what was that? Was it? It wasn't Whispers. It was Eldritch Moon. Eldritch Moon. I was like, it's something with the moon that can't? Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Jay Spencer. And thank you, Matt Man, for the follow. Welcome, welcome. Uh, so that's that's the tokens. Nothing really else to say there. The new frame is neat. Uh, a yeah. lot of people have... So, okay, look at a Johnny's Pride mate, right? Yeah. You see how the art sort of dips back behind the text box? Mm-hmm. On the sides, you know? Well, yeah. And then the text box has its its particular shape that forms the bottom of the card. Yeah. Well, like, look at the soldier token, which still has that weird bottom of the card, like bottom of the text box shape. Oh, With yeah. the white outline around it. Even though inside there is just more of the art. Yeah. And, like, it looks fine on the zombie because the outline is black, so it sort of blends in. And mm-hmm. it even looks sort of all right on the wolf, but not really. But on the, like the golem and the soldier, it's it's just weird. This the bottom of this rectangle here for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like why is that outlined in white? It, eh. like they're doing the color frame thing. It, yeah, but only on but, that. Well, they're doing the same thing at the top around the word soldier. It's just a lot more clear at the bottom because it's got a much darker contrast like all of them are still following the same color scheme as the top well just... yeah but it's it's the fact that there's nothing here to outline it's just more of the art so why does it have the white outline around it oh i see what you're i mean i i think that's just card frame skin and card frame uh, but yeah, yeah it probably. is weird it is but it's it's just odd yeah it is a little strange but oh well like he said, card frame's gonna card frame. Uh, what what else do we even have with uh, Corset? Because we don't really talk about previews here. No, that's really. for we've we've got all the of show. the uh, the Cavaliers now, the the Mythic yeah. Cycle. They're all pretty cool. I mean, there's a lot of neat stuff here. Like, I haven't read these in depth, but I remember seeing. Um, uh, Soren and being entertained. Yeah. Like, whenever I see three mana Planeswalker that's not just, like, here's the mass-produced Planeswalker set, it gets my attention. Yeah. Especially if it's three mana Planeswalker who can use all three of his abilities when he pops out. Yeah. So. Like, the vibe I got from this, I don't know if they've said this anywhere, but the vibe I've gotten from this is that this is, like, baby Soren. Yeah, that's the impression I got from this picture, too, because this is, looks like he's in, like, 80s slash 90s goth mode rather than his modern goth mode. <laughs> um, like, this is his um, LARPing Soren from his early days, back when he played Vampire the Masquerade. Um, but yes, yeah, Soren, Imperious Bloodlord, two in a black, legendary Planeswalker Soren, big surprise. He's a mythic. I have to clarify that on Planeswalkers now. He's a mythic. Um, four loyalty, 
plus one target creature you control gains death touch and lifelink till end of turn. If it's a vampire, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Neat. Uh, plus one, you may sacrifice a vampire. When you do, Soren Imperius Bloodward deals three damage to any target, and you gain three life. So that's neat. It goes and bites somebody. Um, but the thing that makes it interesting for me is minus three, you may put a vampire creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. Now he starts with four, and his minus three lets him put a vampire on the battlefield. He costs three. So essentially, if you've got your three mana on time and a beefy vampire in your hand, you could just drop it and still have Soren sitting around at one. Which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, that's the kind of effect that I find fun. I don't know if it's going to blow up the world or anything, but I'm entertained by it. Like, someone will probably do something funny for it, even if it's only casual. Oh, yeah. So, could be neat. But yeah, this is young Soren when he's like... Oh, this isn't even, like, Vampire the Masquerade Sword. This is, like, Kindred the Embrace Sword, because he doesn't really have a TV lighting budget. <laughs> yeah, he's rocking that 90s Fox experience. Oh, uh, poor Soren. That man's going to be stuck in a wall one day. Uh, apologies that uh, uh, Clues is not here again to tell you how much he loves Goblin Ringleader being in standard. But he would. I don't even think he knows yet. Uh, he's been tagged on Twitter enough times. I'm sure he knows uh, about that one. Probably sure. Do you enjoy Fry as much as I do? Fry. It's red. Oh, oh, the card. Yeah. I was like, I'm not really a huge fan of Futurama, but okay. Yeah, Fry's pretty great. I mean, it's entirely for, like, the art, but yeah. Oh, yeah, the card is... Whatever. The card is cyborg. It's a, it's a color hate uh, like, spell, yeah. yeah. But so for one in a red, it's an instant that can't be countered, and deals five damage to target creature or planeswalker that's white or blue. Yeah. But the art is, is just classic. Yeah. Admittedly, color hosers that can hurt, you know, planeswalkers. Because like five damage to target planeswalker that's white or blue probably gonna kill that planeswalker so like this is not inconsequential as you know a sideboard card but oh yeah like especially uh with all the esper planeswalker decks running around yeah right now like whenever we get color amazing. hosers the ones that outright kill the thing control how much people play that thing and white or blue creatures is like yeah okay creatures or planeswalkers is like most of the plan yeah so, for it being an instant that only costs two, this might actually do stuff. So, that's cool. But mostly I'm entertained because it's what remains of a bird. Like, you get, like, the little story where you have flame sweep with this dragon breathing fire down at something. And you have what's left of a bird there. And then you have the goblin bird grabber, which, depending on the angle, looks like it's just got a giant chicken leg. And as a story, it's just fun. You're so cute. This is how the world works, man. Infuriate is also fun to say. Infuriate. Oh, I haven't seen that. Infuriate. It's a red instant. Infuriate. As you would guess from the name. Oh, yeah, the the not... Oh, God, what was the green... The red giant growth called? Brute Force. The not Brute Force. Yeah. Because Brute Force is probably too good. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is like brutish force. It's not quite brute. Yeah, it's plus three, plus two for a single red. Still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else that would just was so nuts um, that we had to talk about it on this show? Did you talk like was the land out as of Manipool last week? The Lotus Field. Uh, yeah. Yeah that that feels like a card that I would steal from Mike. Yeah. How would you steal it from Mike? I don't know. I would find if, a way. Because it has hexproof. I'm aware it has hexproof. I would find a way. Mike would accidentally donate it or something. That does sound like something Mike would do. Uh, but Mike yeah, is Lotus, my Lotus Mana Pool co host, by the way. Yeah. And I'm alluding to the fact that there was a, a game once upon a time where Mike sacked like, a lot of important stuff on his board to put out some kind of mana engine type thing, and I immediately stole it with Dak Faden. And that was pretty much the end of the game. Like, it didn't end for, like, another 20 minutes, but that was pretty much the end of the game. <laughs> Wasn't that so. at a GP? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I walked past Fine. and was like, damn! <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cold. So what does um, Lotus Field do? <laughs> Lotus Field, it's a rare land. Look at that. It's got hexproof. Lotus Field enters the battlefield tapped. When Lotus Field enters the battlefield... Sacrifice two lands. This card sucks. Oh. Uh, tap. Add three mana of any one color. Hey! Yeah. That's good. That's really, really good. Yeah. Now, the previous week on the mana pool, we did a Mythic Conscription episode for Weatherlight. And we talked about how Lotus Veil was, was bad. Because <laughs> you remember Lotus Veil? It didn't enter uh, the battlefield yeah. tapped, but you had to sacrifice untapped lands when yeah. it entered the battlefield. And we we're like, this card is just not good. Mm-hmm. And then the next week we got to talk about Lotus Field, which is like Lotus Vale, but not oh, crappy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Like, presumably you're tapping those lands to do something else. Then you put down your Lotus Field, sack the two tap lands, whoop-de-doo. Lotus Field comes in tap, so it comes in tap land. You know, net result. Okay, cool. Um, the next turn, you get what you need. You get three of any one color. It's got hexproof, so it's not just going to get blown up to make you feel bad. Yeah. Um, it, it's pretty great. And yeah, if, just, you, uh, if you have this... If you play this when you have blood... When someone has Blood Sun out... It literally mm-hmm. has no drawback. Because Blood yeah. Sun... Uh, it, what does Blood Sun do? It, it removes any abilities from lands that aren't mana abilities. Yeah. So you lose the Hexproof, aw. But you also lose the Enter the Battlefield tapped, and you lose the Sacrifice. Yeah. So it's a land that you play, and then tap for three mana. Which is... What st- people will do with it. Which is stupid. <laughs> Um, just as a a bit of advice for people the first time you use this, don't play this on the first two turns. Don't don't make that mistake. <laughs> just telling someone's gonna do it. That's true, yeah, yeah. And it's gonna feel real bad. Because you can't just pick it up and say you didn't do that if you're playing like at a tournament. Like you did it. It was legal play to put it down. Now you have to finish it. It will eat itself. And it's delicious. Now, 
Hmm. Did you notice Disenchant is back, by the way? Um, I think I did see that before. That uh... So, fun thing. When I started playing Magic, Disenchant was around and Naturalize wasn't. Yeah. Me so, too. in my brain, Disenchant has been a white effect. And Naturalize has been a white effect that was printed in green for like 12 years. <laughs> I know Naturalize is the real thing. But it's always disenchant in my brain when I'm like, oh, destroy target artifact or enchantment. That's disenchant. Yeah, that's disenchant that. Yeah, like that's just how it works for me. Yeah, but yeah, we haven't actually seen disenchant in a very long time. And look, no. here it is. Uh, but like, it's... we also get protection back. Yeah, this is. there's a lot of, like, between that, the protection, like the hoser color cards, there's a lot of retro feel to this, which is impressive after, you know, last year we got dominaria um <laughs> we're just getting all kinds of fun but like so the first card that i saw that had protection was the blight beetle mm-hmm. which is one in a black for a one one insect it's uncommon uh it has protection from green and creatures your opponents control can't have plus one plus one counters put on them which is you know as far as two mana uncommon uh black cards go it's pretty good yeah but like it's the protection from green protection hasn't been seen in standard for a good long while because protection it's one of those abilities that's just confusing enough yeah it's not so confusing that they'll never do it again like it's no banding or anything dumb like that but But it does more than people seem to be able to intuit or remember yeah like we saw it in modern horizons and we're like well that's modern horizons (laughs) that's fine and then we saw it in m20 and i'm like what so protection because this comes up so infrequently i feel the urge to always tell you this uh protection Mm -hmm. the word to remember is debt like being in debt because of student loans uh d-e-b-t why is that pronounced debt there's a b uh, I will go into linguistics with you later. Okay, fine. But uh, it's D-E-B-T, which is damage. It can't be damaged by the stuff it has protection from. The E is enchantment or equipment. It can't be enchanted or equipped by the thing. The B is blocked. Yeah. It can't be blocked by anything with that uh, characteristic. And what did I say? T can't be targeted by Yeah. anything. So protection from green means that it can't have any of that stuff from anything green. Yours that includes or your, your opponents, stuff, by the way. Yeah. Do what? Yeah, I'm, I'm reiterating because you were saying it, but like that includes your stuff. People do make that mistake. Yeah. Now, if you uh, jump down to green real quick and look at Veil of Summer. Okay. Where'd it go? There it is. So Veil of Summer has okay. So for a single green, it's another color hate card. Uh, it's an instant. Draw a card if an opponent has cast a blue or black spell this turn. Spells you control can't be countered this turn. You and permanents you control gain hexproof from blue and from black until end of turn. This hexproof from is what we've been getting instead of yeah protection for a while. And the fact that this set has protection scattered throughout it, but also here's an example where you have 
hexproof from in the same set. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand their, so, their reasoning. Yeah, like, the idea behind hexproof was to have something that had the... had part of the feel of, like, the shroud mechanic, which was, like, you know, can't be touched by all those things, but you could still, like, block it and interact with it and all that stuff. But, like, Hexproof took on the job of also filling in for protection when they didn't want to throw protection around anymore. And the fact that it's here with protection is strange. Also, just the fact that, like, this card in and of itself, I, I don't really like the design on it. Really? Um, like, is there anything that prevents someone from countering Veil of Summer? No. Uh, I know. Like, that's the problem. Like, I don't think that's intuitive to people. Well, because, I mean, this is this is your your counter spell that you play in green. Mm-hmm. So if someone says counter that, or if someone goes instant speed kill your dude, you veil of summer in response. Yeah, and if they no, have no, another, I, I know counter, what its job is. I just don't think like I think this is actually something that's not going to be as intuitive for players because, like, typically on an effect that's like not getting countered, not going to counter, no more countering, whatever. They would have also put on the card, this spell can't be countered. Like, they didn't for balance reasons. It totally makes sense, but the fact that it's like all these other things, but not itself, is going to feel funny. Um, I could also just be overthinking. I think you're overthinking it, yeah. Which I do. Yeah. So. <laughs> but. But yeah. I love this card, like the design of it, because it's a, it's a counter counter or it's a a kill your thing counter. And it even keeps them from trying to uh, do it later because spells you control can't be countered this turn stops the counter spells. And then uh, you and your stuff getting hexproof stops any further kill spells. I just like that it's like, no, just no, no. Yeah. I like it. I actually like most of the hate cards in this uh, set, actually. Hate cards tend to be pretty well put together. Yeah. They also tend to give you an idea of what you can expect in the next set or two that might need some kind of balancing. Oh, yeah. Because when these things are going to be in the format with cards for a while, I think they're more willing to push it a little bit so that you still feel justified running those in the face of this. But Yeah. Also, pretty hard, too. Thrashing Bronto Dave is back in standard. Yeah. Because Thrashing Bronto Dave is awesome. It doesn't leave standard. What? Fan says, says, does cast a spell mean resolve a spell or just cast? Uh, Just cast. Yeah, only casting. I don't know what part... I don't know what we were talking about that caused that to come up, but... Oh, cast, yeah, yeah. For Veil of Summer. So yeah, that means when they say counter your thing, you cast Veil of Summer because they have cast a blue or black spell this turn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can do it before it resolves to save your own spell. Yeah, 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 yeah. And to draw a card. Hey! Hooray. Okay, that was a long time on nonsense. It is what we do. But it, I brought that up because of the Hexproof from being in the same set as the Return of Protection to Standard. And it's not like it's just the one card. There are several cards in the set that have protection. Of course, mm-hmm. I can't think of any by name. Wait, there was a white one. 
uh, wasn't there? Uh, it feels like it. I've seen a few cards of protection, so whether they're in the gallery or not, I'm not sure. Either way. But anyway, anyway. So there, that's, I guess, uh, go listen to The Manipool on Thursday if you watch it live or uh, next week. And we'll go over even more yeah. of these of these cards because that's what we do on that show. Correct. Uh, hey, there's a bug blog. Yeah, there's a lot of bugs. I appreciate our desire to get away from the other event. Wait, what? No, we already did cover it. I just forgot already. Nice. Yeah, bug blog. All right, cool. Well, look, you didn't know it was happening, so you might as well have uh, forgotten that we talked about it. Yeah. Well, I was actually thinking about Seattle. Oh, yeah, we'll do that at the end. Yeah, that's fine. So the bug blog has a bunch of stuff on it. I'm not going to read it all to you. Um, I mainly wanted to mention it being a thing because there were a few effects on it that I think are worth noting. Usually I try to draw attention whenever there are things that like end games, like not the right way. So remember, uh, this is for Magic Online. You remember that program? It's still a thing. Yeah, it's still a thing. That's yeah, this where is you Magic Online. It's that Horizons. place where people go to play modern on their computers. Yeah. And that's where you go to play with Modern Horizons digitally. Yes. And that's probably where some of these bugs came from. Almost Um, certainly. Because this is a lot, dude. This is way more than we normally get. Usually they'll have like four or five. But this is a ton of stuff. Um, If you play Magic Online, you should definitely definitely go look at this. Because there's a lot to it. Um, And these are both gameplay and general stuff. But the ones that I kind of highlighted when I looked over this earlier... Um, were, first of all, uh, where'd you go? There's so much, and they're not in any reasonable order. Um, let's see, the Clash mechanic doesn't function correctly if the result is a tie. So if you're playing with Clash, like, the mechanic does not actually do what it's supposed to. Um, Haven't we had that before? It's been a bug before, but I thought they fixed it, and I guess they dug it out and it up again. Um, let's see. Oh, the one right uh, below that was one you mentioned. Yeah, that was one of the ones. So, like, face-down creatures are incorrectly treated as having the same name. Like, face-down creatures don't have names. They're not, like, tokens where their name is essentially the type that it says was created. Like, they don't have names. They do not exist. So, cards that, like, destroy all things named blank don't do that to them because they don't have them. Yeah, because there's that the bounce spell... It's the one that always comes to mind. That's like return target permanent to its owner's hand and all permanents with the same name. Yeah, but I can't think of the name of it. It's yeah, I was, yeah, I was thinking of the um, the the black spell from Ministra that kills everything with a name, which for some reason I'm blanking on now. I remember it because it cost me a PTQ one, so naturally I've forgotten it. Um, naturally, but yeah, it was like in the bloodline or something. Um, but regardless, um, that's wrong. And among a lot of cards that do effects like that, in the event that you're playing with face down things for whatever reason, definitely be aware of that because if someone takes advantage of it, then they're doing something that they probably know shouldn't work and they're cheating. Um, in fact, if anyone takes advantage of anything on this list, you need to report it. Even if they say it's an accident, you need to report it so that there's a log that they did that because if they make a habit of it. 
they're cheating. Yeah. So just be aware. And obviously don't do these things yourself because it's cheating. Uh, so that was one of the standout ones for me. I just um, like how vague or a semi-guardian functions incorrectly. Yeah, a lot of them have that text, and that's part of why I haven't really gone into them. Like, does that mean the tap ability or the grandeur ability? Like, it just functions incorrectly. That doesn't... Yeah. Thanks. I don't know. But then um, others, like Evershrike, can incorrectly return multiple RS from the graveyard. Well, why doesn't that just say functions incorrectly? I don't... I don't know. Like, that's weird to me. All right, so one of them that was strange to me is that I'm right there in that area. Uh, Baron Glory. Uh-huh. Also known as the cheese stands alone. Uh-huh. Um, Baron Glory, I'm just going to read you the text in case you've never heard it before. It's an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control no permanents other than Baron Glory and have no cards in hand, you win the game. The text here says, Baron Glory does not function correctly as its trigger is resolving. That can only mean one thing to me, and that's that you don't win the game. You don't win the game, yeah. <laughs> and considering Baron Glory is the only permanent you have as an enchantment, and you have no cards and no lands, you've lost the game. Like, that's that. Like, you're not going to come back from that. Like, the whole point is you get there, the trigger happens, you win. But, yeah. Like, you could just say, you don't win, as the bug here. Does not function correctly is more confusing to me, because it makes me wonder if, like, does the game freeze? Does something else happen? Yeah. Just odd. Um, but yeah, that's, that is kind of problematic. Um, uh, like there's one at the top Explorer scope can cause the game to be reset. Yeah. I have no idea what it does that would do that. (laughs) When a great creature attacks, look at the top card of your library. If it's a land card, you may put it on the battlefield tapped and reset. That is not a unique effect. (laughs) (laughs) That is not a unique thing to Explorer scope. So, I don't know how that can lead to the game resetting. I'm really curious. If anyone has seen this happen, like, just the part of me that, like, wants to know how bugs, you know, what does the computer think is happening that justifies a reset? Like, is the Explorer Scope actually just Karn in a tube? Like, what's happening? (laughs) What makes that occur? You look through it and you see Karn looking back at you like, excuse me. Hey. How you doing? I'm a pacifist today. I'm just going to go look and, oh, oh, I don't like what I see. Start over. Do over. This is a do over. Like, it's just, you you pick up a car and a tube at the gas station. I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> but, like, that's just the one that I don't understand. Um, there is a ton of other stuff in here. Like, there's a bunch of bugs. But, like, the main ones to note were the face-down creatures thing, I think, is a fundamental flaw that could be actually exploited. Yeah. The Explorer Scope resetting the game is strange, and you should always know when something can reset the game. Yeah. Um, that's just bad. Um, a lot of these are just not working properly. Whether they tell you why they're not working properly or not. Yeah, like, high, sp- high Seas does not affect green creatures. That's half its job. Yeah, High Seas says red and red creature spells and green creature spells cost one more to play. So, like, that's that's literally 50% of what it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Baron Glory thing outright kills a deck that's using that as a win condition. So, like, that's kind of important. Yeah. Pia's Revolution creates an incorrect prompt. Okay, wait, what's Pia's Revolution? 
Whenever a non-token artifact is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, return that card to your hand unless target opponent has Pia's Revolution deal 3 damage to him or her. So I guess it's a pop-up for your opponent that says, will you take 3 damage? Well, it's supposed to be. Supposed to be. I wonder if it's a pop-up that says something like, can I kick your dog? What if the the bug on that one is straight up, it appears for you? (laughs) Because if a card instead says... Will you let target opponent take three damage or get PS Revolution? Like, yes. As a matter of fact, I will. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, choices now. I love it when I get to pick whether or not they browbeat. Life is great. But I don't know. Like, we don't have details on these, so we're just making up funny stories. But if anyone's playing Magic Online and knows the deal behind some of these, I'd be curious to hear about it. Because there's a lot here and there's a bit more than I want to speculate on beyond what we've already done. Yeah. So. But yeah, just be aware. Magic Online is super complicated and has, a, you know, approximately one billion or less cards. So some of them have funny interactions. This is what you get when you go older than, say, Arena Standard. So. Neat. All right. But don't cheat. Please don't. Okay. So, the last thing we have to talk about is there was a GP this weekend, it turns out. Uh, I would just like Event to. Event 21! Out. So, okay. This is a conversation I had with Bill in the pre show, but I'm going to have it again. Mm-hmm. So, this is the coverage, the Channel Fireball coverage page, right? Yeah. I don't use ad blockers and never have. And Bill thinks that's the reason that I do this. But that means. I have trained my brain to ignore this top part of the screen on all websites because it's either a just an ad or it's a banner for the website I'm on. So I just ignore this and jump down to the data, which is all of this. So I looked at this yeah. and saw that the most recent one was June 14th through the 16th, and I went, oh, there weren't any GPs this weekend. Sweet. And I mentioned that in the uh, in the Discord server, and someone goes... I thought Seattle was this weekend. Am I wrong? And I went, I don't know. I'm looking at the page. I don't see it. Weird. Oh, damn it. (laughs) This isn't just a banner. It's the actual entry. Here's the banner right here between the top and the data is is the only Admittedly, when websites have that element at the top, it's usually part of a carousel that cycles through. So if it's not moving, it also kind of becomes background noise. Yeah, so like if we go to Star City Games, like they've got this right here, which is just like all of their recent crap and sales and stuff. Yeah, but it does cycle through things because it's carousel. I mean, hell, if we go to the But the thing at the top of the Star City Games that you would ignore is that banner. Yeah, like if we go to the com, you see the top? It's just a banner for the website, and then right here is the carousel thing. That cycles through all the recent episodes, right? Yeah. So I just ignore that on every website right there, because usually that doesn't matter. But on this page, not this page, but on this page, this is vital information. And it drives me up the wall. Yeah. But anyway, so GP Seattle was this weekend. It's uh, Modern Horizons Limited, which means not only does it not matter because it's limited, it doesn't matter because it's Modern Horizons, which is a super niche limited format. Yeah. But this tournament was weird. They had two yeah. day ones. 
it had a day one, and then it had day one harder, which yes. may or may not have actually been harder. Day one, part two, I don't know, day one electric boogaloo. I, I don't know. Day one reloaded. Ah. So, yeah. So, Friday, day one, there were 1,006 players that played in the day one. Yeah. And anyone that didn't make it was able, or anyone that did make it, it turns out, uh, was able to play in the second day one where there were 1184 players. Also known as Saturday. Weirdly, 42 people made it to day two twice. I don't know why, if they made it to day two from Friday, why they were even allowed to play on Saturday. Yeah, that's weird. Because, like, in all of the pro things that have been in place that aren't anymore forever, and even the ones that still are, if you're already qualified for a thing, you can't play in qualifiers for the thing. (laughs) Yeah. But, whatever, I guess because it's such a limited edition format that will never happen again. I mean... They made exceptions. I don't. I don't know. It just strikes me as very odd that one, someone would want to sit through a day one of sealed again, and then two, they would be allowed to make day two again because that's just taking slots away from someone else. Yeah. So I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, like prog- progression was based on rank for this one, right? Not record. What? Say that again. Like, this is based on, like, your rank to determine if you made it the next day, not your record. Because if it's based on your record, you're not taking a slot away from someone. Well, I mean, you sort of are. I mean, you're still, like, you're playing against people who shouldn't be playing against you. That's definitely true, but it's not like, you know, it cuts to 128 and then it cuts to 128 again, but really only 90 get through the second time. Like, it's not like that. No, I think it cuts to smaller. everyone at X and whatever. X and two yeah. or X and whatever. So, like, they're not making it smaller, but they are putting people up against someone who has already qualified and has nothing to lose by playing against them. Like, right. Which is different. Like, there is a very big difference if you're entirely there to, you know, whatever it is you want to get out of this. Um, get practice? I don't know. Yeah, but since day two was draft? I, I don't understand. But whatever, mm. apparently over over 350 players uh, played. This says drafted on Saturday. We're pretty sure this means drafted on Sunday because otherwise this entire this paragraph doesn't make any sense. Yeah. is literal nonsense. So, uh, one, Channel Fireball, please fix some stuff. And two, <laughs> please fix some stuff. <laughs> hey, this is the alpha coverage. Yeah, it's going to be an alpha for like four years. I can smell it. I mean, you know, how how long does it take to release Arena? Uh, at least that's in beta. That's <laughs> true, sure, they made it there. As long as we're still blackboarded, we're good. Um, so, all right, let's go to the top eight, shall we? Yeah, we can do that. So, Matt Sickink Jock... <coughs> Hang on. That's, something got hung. I, I love that you choke up on the Johnson part. <laughs> Okay, let me try that again. Matt Sickink Johnson uh, won the whole thing. Look, there he is. He looks so happy. Uh, he beat Yoshihiko Ikawa in the finals. Uh, third and fourth place, in no particular order, are Max Mick and Charles Wong. 
And yep. then the rest of the top eight are Hunter Cochran, Tommy Harding, Bolan Zhang, and Marcus Long. Playing limited. Yay, Yay. limited. Good on them. Draft well, play well, win. Oh, Tintha said I wasn't mispronouncing this enough, so I choked. That is admittedly how you work. That's probably it, yeah. Uh, so, hey, next week is uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, which is modern. GP Airport. And apparently, there's going to be CFB video coverage. So, if, for everyone who misses, who complains constantly that GP coverage isn't a thing anymore, you better go watch it. You better go Otherwise, watch it. Because they they're giving you... All that stuff that you bitched and moaned is gone now. K K. See ya. And so, yeah, there you go. That's Magic Fest Seattle. Yay. Hurrah. Is there anything else? Um, I think we've covered pretty much everything now, yeah? Yeah. I, th- I think that's actually everything that we were going to talk about. Yeah. So, um, given all that, uh, you can find me on Twitter at SqueeGoblinNabob. There's no I in Goblin because apparently it was hit with Karn and restarted. So, alas, maybe next week. No, um, when you say Karn, do you mean Karn or do you mean the Explorer Scope? Uh, I mean Karn in a tube. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm just assuming that that's just what that is. Like, you know how we refer to, you know, that's like lightning bolt on a stick. There's like an isochron scepter that someone has jammed Karn into. So that when you explore with it, you restart the game. So when you bonk someone with it, the game restarts. I got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just how it works. Makes it's perfect like sense. When you were, it's like when you were younger and you got lazy and you needed to restart the console, but you didn't want to get up. So you found like a pool stick and you hit the reset button with that. I mean, you were that lazy as a kid, right? Right? We all did that, right? I mean, I have been known to reach out with my toe and try to hit the reset button on my NES. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, I don't think I ever did. Hey, if you were hardcore, you did it with your Super NES, which was way harder. You need, like, a rake for that. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. It'll be fun. I, I make observations about what life is like when you're the Triceratops foot on the Megazord, apparently, um, and other crazy sort of adventures. Um, you can find me in person, um, not this weekend, but next weekend on Independence Day weekend at Cosplay America, which is a convention that I run programming for. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun learning how to make stuff, and people are going to be there doing costumes, and we're going to be playing like checkers with human beings, and we're going to have tanks, and we're going to have robots. It's going to be nuts. So it's in um, Cary, North Carolina, week of July 4th. Um, cosplayamerica.com check it out if that's your thing or if you know people that like cosplay and that are in the area they should also check it out if you don't like making stuff but you still like being around people having fun we do that too so should be cool um so how old uh, is this con now uh this is year five yeah i think it was year five Uh, is it still doing that thing where it grows every year um, it's been floating around about the same size every year because it keeps swapping times and venues. That makes it a lot harder to grow. Um, that if I've know. learned anything about convention life, it's that you're at the mercy of hotel availability until you hit a certain size where they're like, yeah, okay, we'll plan around you. And so it's not quite there. So it has taken place in August and in October 
the last two years it's been in July because we're like, hey, America's in the name. Let's Fourth of July this thing. And that's pretty fun. Um, but yeah, right now we're sort of in that early summer spot. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Um, but I'm hoping that it can continue to like, you know, like if it stays in the spot long enough and like, it's going to be there again next year too. So here's hoping it'll grow. Uh, because as we get more guests, we get to do more stuff that I think is cool. Like this year we've got the, like two of the people that do the RB social media are going to be there and they're going to teach us how to make the cool box art that they put on Twitter of all like the anime and video game nerd stuff. So that's going to be fun. Um, we're going to have someone who's like made a tank that he can drive around um, because we're nerds and we do things like that. Um, all kinds of stuff. Like there's a lot of social going on, so it'll be fun. Um, past that, um, I'm going to go see Toy Story this week. So hopefully I will not be horribly depressed. I know nothing about this movie. And I'm happy to go into it not knowing anything about it. But if it follows the trend of Toy Story movies, I'm pretty sure I will never throw anything away again after seeing a fourth one. So if this place just gets more crowded over the weeks, you know what did it. That is how um, it usually works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A friend of mine saw it and I asked her how many feels she felt. Yeah. Her response was, in all caps, All. All, yeah, that makes well, sense. That, that sounds well, like the right number. That's a Toy Story movie, yeah, yeah. That sounds right. I've been enjoying the fact that there's pretty much been a movie I want to watch every week this summer. Um, like, last week I watched Men in Black International, and that was a lot of fun. Like, I'm treating it as Ragnarok 2, and it works. So I, I really enjoyed watching that. Um, it, it was better than the other Men in Black sequels, so that's good. Um Oh, I kind of like, like three. I liked those too, but this actually felt like it wasn't just rehashing the same jokes. Ah. Like, it's not just, and then here's another shout out to this thing from the first movie. Like, it, it does its own thing and it does it pretty well. So I like that. Oh, okay, good. Um, like, it worked pretty well. And then, like, you know, so like this week, I'm going to catch Toy Story because it came out last weekend. Next week, Spider Man comes out on Monday night at midnight. Uh, I'm not going to see that at midnight. Like I've been spoiled by all these 7 p.m. debuts, so I'm not going to see that at midnight. I'll probably see it like Tuesday night. Um, but yeah, I got Spider Man, so that's cool. And movies just keep happening, so awesome. I guess that'll be it for me. Um, like Clues isn't here, but if he were, he would tell you to play Red, not Blue, and then he would hand it over to Chewy. Yeah. So Chewy. Uh, hi, I'm Chewy. You can find everything that I do right here on twitch.tv slash themanapool or on youtube.com slash themanapool. Uh, YouTube right now, I'm almost done with two series. One is extremely long running. It's uh, uh -huh. the Super Smash Brothers World of Light. It's almost done. I'm getting to the end. And it's glorious. And then the other one I'm almost done with is the Legend of Zelda Second Quest. I just uh, rendered and uploaded the very first video of that from the final stream. Which means uh -huh. there, after that, there are only either two or three, I think, videos left, depending on how I cut it. I think I'm going to have to edit that whole chunk and then find where to make the cuts. Because if I cut it in a place that makes sense, the last video was only like... 12 minutes long. And I went, yeah. oh. 
well now that doesn't make sense anymore <laughs> yeah so i've got a i've got a, a fool with that but that series is almost done and i'm very excited because having two like okay world of light has been going forever because it's a very yeah. long uh, game mode but uh, Legend of Zelda has been going longer than the original Legend of Zelda because I know the first quest, the second quest, is hard and I don't know it very well. So it took three streams as opposed to one. But having two series running at the same time like that on the YouTube channel is a large pain. Because if there's anything else that I want to put up, I feel like I'm taking away from the people that are following those two series. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. And because on top of those, I also have been playing, first it was Dota Auto Chess, now it's Dota Underlords, which is the standalone version by Valve of the Auto Chess mod. And I love it. I love it. (laughs) If you have a phone or a computer, then you can play it. Unless you're certain Android phones, in which case there's a problem. But other Android phones, it'll work, and iOS, it works. And it plays on tablets that are newer than mine, apparently. And it's instance, on PC. If on you Steam. have a Note 7, you shouldn't play anything on No? They explode. Ah, yeah, maybe not that one then. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's if you don't know what auto chess is, you should look into them because it's a it's the birth of a new genre. And it's, it's exploding. Team Fight Tactics, the League of Legends version, is going to be going public... Either tomorrow or the next day. The Dota one has been up for a couple weeks. Like, the the League of Legends one has been up for a week or so already, but it's only in their, like, what's it called? The public beta environment. It's not out for everybody. Once it is, I'll be playing that too. So, I really love the, the this auto-battler genre. That's what I'm calling it. I don't know what it'll eventually be named. You remember when uh, Wolfenstein 3D and Doom came out? Then all the other games of a similar genre were called Doom Clones for a very long time. Before we had the first-person shooter nomenclature. Right. Well, we can't just call all of these auto-chesses. So there's there's gotta be a name. I'm pushing for auto-battler because... Like, I feel like there was already a name for that kind of game. But this is obviously popular, so we'll probably get named after this eventually anyway. I don't know, but since Auto Chess is its own game now, it's not mm-hmm. just a mod, it's, you know, it's its own game. Uh, yeah. We can't call it Auto Chess. So right. I'm, I'm thinking Auto Battler. Yeah, that's that's what I'm going to go for until something better comes along. I don't know. What was it called in the old um, RPGs, just like Auto Fight? Was that the command? Maybe. It's like a bunch of old games had this where you just pick auto fight and like it generally speaking the game would be stupid and waste your items so you didn't use it. <laughs> but it was meant to be a thing where you're like, oh yeah, I'll just wander through the dungeon, like not paying attention, and like when you get into a fight, for the most part they attack until their health is low and then they heal or cast spells or something. But I think auto fight was what it was called. I know they even had it in Earthbound, like this is really old. Um anyway, tangent, carry on. Fair enough. But anyway, anyway, so yeah, if if you would like to give it a shot, it's on Steam, it's on mobile, uh, Dota Underlords is, and it's free, 
and you can come play with me on stream. My last two uh, Underlord streams have been almost entirely viewer games, and it's so much fun. It's so much fun to play with people that are can hear you. So when I go, damn it, stop taking all of my whatever, or why did you kill me? I thought we was boys. Then they can hear me. Whereas if I'm playing against randos and I'm, I'm like, man, why'd you kill me? I thought we was boys. We're not boys. They don't know who we are. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a psychological thing. I enjoy it immensely, playing with people. Hmm. I'm going to try to get Squee to give it a try, but... That's I dangerous. Don't, I don't see that working, but I'm gonna give it a shot. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, so that's uh, that. That's also what's going up on YouTube, by the way, is is Underlord's uh, stuff, and a pretty good amount of it. As a matter of fact, if you're watching this on YouTube the day it came out, later there will be an auto chess or no, an Underlord's video that comes with it. Because <laughs> this will go up at eleven, that Underlord's video will go up at one. My, my time. Anyway. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. Ha-ha-ha-ha. Ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. But here on Twitch, we stream Monday Night Magic on Monday nights. We stream The Mana Pool on Thursday nights. And then on... Hang on. Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, I stream other stuff. Yeah. And whenever Team Fight Tactics goes public, I'll be streaming that during the day as soon as the patch happens. So either the 25th or the 26th, as soon as that happens, I'm on it. I'm on it. And I'll be like streaming that during the day. tomorrow or Wednesday? Do what? Like tomorrow or Wednesday? Tomorrow or Wednesday, yeah, I don't know. Nice. Like articles around the internet say that that, go, that happens on the 25th, but I found the actual Riot uh, website's list of patches for mm-hmm. the year, and it says the 26th. So I don't know. Whenever it happens, I'm on it, though. Yeah. So go to, be sure to follow on Twitter at the Manipool, because that's where the it'll be announced that I'm streaming. <gasps> and I suddenly have hiccups and a headache. This is great. I love it. You're going to explode. Uh, hey, by the way, join the Discord server. It's awesome. It's true. Now, if you want to help support what I do, there are a variety of ways to do so. You can subscribe here on Twitch or subscribe with Twitch Prime, because if you've got Amazon Prime, you've got Twitch Prime. You should, you should use that. You get one free subscription every month. Uh, you can go to Humble Bundle and shop using the uh, the Manipool affiliate link or partner link. I don't remember what terminology they use. But if you're listening to this or watching it, there's a link either in the show notes or down in the description. As a matter of fact, those of you watching live right now, if you look down, there's a link down there. At least I think there is. I'm pretty sure I put one there. Do you see one, Bill? Uh, there's a lot of things down here. Yeah, it looks like it, yeah. Okay, there. Yeah, see, there you go. Uh, but that does help directly uh, if you shop at Humble using my link, then eventually I will get paid. <laughs> uh, what else? Nothing can be more humbling than a paycheck. It's true. Uh, also, the most direct way to help support what I do with one, at least one, here lately, more than one, YouTube video every day, and all the streams throughout the week, and two podcasts a week. The best way to do that is on patreon.com slash themanapool, where you can sign up to be a lifeguard and get a variety of perks. You can get Manipool episodes and YouTube videos early. You can get access to the odds and ends, all the stuff recorded before and after both Monday Night Magic and the Manipool that is uncensored and unfiltered, just behind-the-scenes nonsense. Uh, Or you can get the 
Mythic Lifeguard sponsorship shout out on both podcasts and on all the YouTube video in screens. For example, like this. Ahem. Thank you to Kim Ho, Andrew Hunt, Al, Lance Delicious, Timmy Hollis, How Are You, Connor Kennedy, John Morris, Alex Gonzalez, Jeff Spencer, Stuart Slaw, PJ McMullen, Sophia Bertain, Casey, Fayan Says, Dana Liao, Jason Doan, Cody Buckowing, Jake Jansen, Jason Cowles, Gothic Man, Brian DeLucci, Stark Maximum, John Parker, Violet Moon, Aleph Cat, Dan Holm, Bartle, Sarah Jane, and the Beast Father, Aaron Goodwine. Who? If your name was not mentioned and you want to participate in making Chewie pass out, this is the best way to do it. It really is, yeah. Just uh, keep adding to that list. Put yourself on that tier and, and you can help me pass out. The, the hope is that that will get big enough to where I actually can't do it and I fall out and and I have to like... We are building up your lungs so that you can survive in inclement weather. Oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah. Oh, Okay. So if I find myself in Denver, the thin air won't just kill me? That's the hope. Okay, cool. But anyway, so this has been (laughs) Monday Night Magic number 658. And we're done. So thank you all so very much for joining us. And uh, go play some magic.